Hey, listen, I'm not that tough. Don't look so intimidating. I, I, I like, uh, I, you know, I think about my kids getting older, and I, I just, nowadays, I just start crying. So uh, I'm, re- I'm really not as near as tough as, as I'm, I make out to be. Uh, my wife did something the other day to hurt my feelings. She's like, man, you're, you're just getting real soft. Like, what, what's going on? I said in the service yesterday, my, my wife is like a, uh, she, you, um, you would think like she has like gangster blood uh, rolling through her veins or something. And uh, so several people come up after services, uh, were, were, were you like really affiliated with a gang? And she's like, no, I don't know why he said that. And I'm like, man, all you got to do, I mean, just come hang out a little while. You'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, she's uh, my my kids. Three of my girls are here, and uh, in this deal with you guys, I, I do live on a mountain, and um, and it's a really cool place. I do a lot of weird stuff. I, you know, uh, we have these hunting dogs, and you know, nobody really does that kind of thing anymore. And you know, the girls, they two well, two of them, they don't care nothing about it. But I've got five kids total. Uh, three girls that are in here, two. Almost 17-year-olds. They'll be 17 in November. Uh, Want to be 14 at the end of this month. We've got a nine-year-old, uh, nine-year-old boy and a, and a, five, uh, a six-year-old boy. And uh, so the, the first three are really, uh, they're all really good kids, really civilized. The last two, they're really just feral animals. And we're, just, we're really just trying to keep them alive. Uh, they, they don't know, uh, one of them doesn't know how to get stitches, doesn't know how to keep from getting stitches and go to the emergency room. Uh, the other one, he's, uh, he's a little bit of a psychopath. And so uh, they think I'm playing. These are all like real live deals. I, I don't have anything to hide. If you know me, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. You're going to figure it out one way or another. So... Uh, might as well just throw it all out there. Don't give anybody any ammunition. Uh, just unload it for them. So um, it is an honor to be with you guys, for real. I, I, I appreciate all that's going on here, especially in this youth group and what, what you guys are doing. Um, it, it, is, it is a true honor for me to be here. Um, I do pastor Greater Hope Baptist Church in Dallas, and I've been doing that. It's coming year. It uh, will be nine years. We planted the church there in Dallas, and... Uh, Started with about eight of us, uh, and and uh, six of them were my family, and so uh, yeah, we we uh, we had a lot of humble beginnings, and the Lord has blessed, and God's used it. God's used this place, Midtown Harvest, and uh, and, and and Brother Dan Lee Summit in my life to change the course of our church as well, and so I, I don't know that you understand how rich you are to have what you have. Um, but I want you to say, I want to say, don't take, don't take what you have for granted. Um, man, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal what you guys have. God's doing something great, and I praise the Lord for it. That, that's to the leaders, uh, everybody uh, that has anything to do with this ministry. Uh, I, know, I know way worse ones that you could be working in. So, so uh, praise the Lord for this one. Amen? Amen? All right, John chapter number 6. John chapter number 6 and verse 66 is where we'll start. John 6 and, and verse 66 is where we'll start. I know I, I could have picked a, uh, a, you know, a, I mean, I, I guess it's just your luck that we're in John 6 and, and 66 this morning. 
Uh, but, but that's where we'll, we'll take our text from and, and work through the passage in John 6 there. So John 6 and, and verse 66, the, the, no, the uh, verses should be on your outline. But um, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Walked no more with him. Many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then Jesus said unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? And then here comes, if you know anything about Simon Peter, Simon Peter's big mouth. Me, me, and, me, and, me and Simon, we, uh, we kind of have the same nature. I like to, to speak and then think. Because uh, Simon is, is a little bit of a liar right here. We'll find out at the end of this whole thing. But he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and, and we believe and are sure that Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Let's pray. Father, thank You, Lord, for this morning. Thank You for the time that we've had together uh, with Brother Sam. And uh, God, just, Lord, the fact that we have pastors that can do what he does and, and, and Lord, answer uh, the questions that need to be answered that we all have from time to time. Lord, thank You for that. Thank You for this ministry. As a whole, thank you for its leaders. God, thank you for their burden and their heart for, for youth. And, and God, I, I pray this morning, uh, God, that I can be an encouragement, Lord, that I can be edifying, and Lord, that I can, I can whatever said and whatever done, Lord, that you can use it uh, to bring people closer to, to Jesus Christ in a relationship with him. Lord, I, I pray for those in this room that may be lost. Uh, God, that never come to saving faith in Christ. God, my, my heart's desire this morning is that you, uh, Lord, that you would you'd convict them. Lord, you'd show them their sin. And, and Lord, that you show them their need for a Savior. God, I, I pray for those of us in this room that are saved. God, that you would, whatever it takes, that you would use this time maybe to reel them back in. And uh, God, bring them back to a place as they're teetering on the edge and on the line uh, of, of doing things that would cause them to go back and, uh, and follow Jesus no more. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. I would say that there are not many uh, harder questions in the Bible to be asked of the disciples of Jesus Christ than this one. I, I, I mean, it, 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 is, it is a question uh, for me that I think is really a, a phenomenal deal that happens when he looks at the 12 that have been following him faithfully and he says, will ye also go away? Are, are, are you so offended at what I just had to say? And we'll get into what he had to say here in just a little bit. But are you so offended at the words that I just said? Are you, are you, are you in turn because of your offense? Are you going to go away? You see, we, we live in this, in this generation, in this time period, if you would, uh, the time period of Laodicea, and you've probably heard it in your church time and time again, a time period that is identified by, by rich and increased with goods, and they have need of nothing. They, they're rich and they're increased with goods, and they have need of nothing. Now, now what's interesting, it, it needs to be asked to the church of today, the church in Laodicea that is rich and increased with goods and they have need of nothing, will ye also go away? 
You see, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Pastor Dan, for those of you that was in service the, the, the very first night, he said as is, is he addressed uh, those that were turning away from the truth and turning unto fables, he, he made the statement that it wasn't the world that was turning away, but it was the church. It, it wasn't the world. It, it wasn't the, the people on the outside. It wasn't those without. And John 6 is not directed at those without. The question that's being asked is not directed to lost people. It's not directed to the, those that are on the outside. It's directed to those that are within. It's direct, get, get this, it's directed to the church staff. It's directed to the leadership in, in, in this in, in, in this place at this time, those that are seemingly extremely close to Jesus Christ, that's who it's directed to. Now, now it, it's a big deal because you've got to make sure you establish that before you get any further. That if you're naming the name of Christ and you're naming the fact that you are, in fact, close to Jesus Christ, then the question is to be asked, will you also go away? Man, how tragic. How tragic it would be that in this group of people seemingly close to Jesus Christ that next year there might not be somebody here because they decided to go away. Proverbs says, as a dog returns to his vomit, that there will be people that will return to their own folly. There will be people that return to their own folly. So, so I ask you, as, as a dog will return to its vomit, shall we also return to our former folly? Because the fact is, better than me have went back. Better than me have gone away. Better than us. Better than us have went away. And it, it's real. It's a real fact. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine that day for the twelve, the cream of the crop, the top tier of the disciples as he stares as he only could this giant hole through them? And as the masses are leaving and, and one, they're dropping like flies, man. They're, they're leaving. They're going here and they're, 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 they're going there and they're offended at what he's saying. And can you imagine as the twelve is left there alone? And he turns around and he, he looks at them maybe with, with caring eyes and at the same time convicting eyes and he asks the question, will you also go away? To the tune, I, I, I guess y'all are next. I guess you're next on the list. I mean, everybody else is leaving. I, I guess it's you. You're, you're going to be next. I think it's baffling. It's a baffling thing to me because it's those that are closest that he asked the question to. You see, it tells me something about Jesus Christ that's, that's extremely humbling. And it's scary that he's not changing his standard for anyone. The standard for following Jesus doesn't change based on, per, on a person-by-person person basis. 
It is the same across the board. It's the same for those that are half-hearted and halfway in it. And it, guess what? It's the same for those that are the closest. He doesn't change the standard for anybody. He didn't ask them not to leave. You know, we're, we're as pastors, uh, you know, especially when you first start out, like I said, I've been pastoring this church for nine, almost nine years now, eight and a half years, and, and the first several years, you're, you're asking, you spend your time because uh, it, it's not any fun preaching to, to fabric. <laughs> you you kind of like faces. Uh, and, and so you spend some of your time, as, as ignorant as this is, you spend some of your time asking people not to leave. But, but it's interesting to me that Jesus doesn't do that with the 12. He doesn't say, all right, guys, listen, I know that you may be offended, but just don't, just don't, just hang in there. Everything's going to be fine. No, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. No, he, he says, I, I, I guess y'all are packing your bags too. I guess you're going to do the same thing they're doing. You see, while this question in John 6 is, is directed at the 12, at the cream of the crop, at the top tier, I believe that Jesus has given us some insight on some other people as well in this whole thing. So therefore, I, I think he's simultaneously, he's working uh, with two different groupies. And, and I want to I hit them this morning. I, I want to, if I can, I want to preach on some biblical reasons why people go back. Some biblical reasons why I believe from John chapter number 6 that people go back and follow him no more. We'll finish at the end. On, on how you can uh, how you can fix all that, but number one in your outline, don't you see? Some people strictly follow Jesus based on what He's done for someone else. Some people strictly follow Jesus based on what He's done for someone else. John six and verse one it says, after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed Him. Now, now here it is, because they saw the miracles which he did on them that were diseased. So there is this great multitude that's following Jesus Christ, not because they're following Jesus Christ, but because he's healing people, because he's doing miracles on people that are diseased. You know, I found there's some people that are going to follow Jesus Christ based on a change they've seen in someone else's life. It's like this. They're following the crowd that's actually following Jesus. They're following people that are actually following Jesus. You see, I think our churches are littered with people. And and, and the sad fact is, if we're not careful, we'll have youth groups that will have kids following kids that are actually following Jesus. Why? Well, because it's kind of cool. You know, it's a cool little place. There ain't nothing else to do. <laughs> so let's just follow the people that are following Jesus. They actually know how to have fun sometimes. They're not near as big as sticks in the mud as I thought they was. Like, I can remember, I can remember thinking, <laughs> a little side note, I can remember thinking, I'm not getting saved because they, they I mean, they, they're so boring. Like, I didn't like most Christians. I didn't get saved until I was 24 years old. And most Christians I met, I didn't like. Like, they were just not nice people. They were all the time, like, you know, I was, a, I was a rough dude. They were all the time, like, you know, they... 
They never had anything good to say, especially to me. And, and I can remember thinking, that, man, it must be a drag to be a Christian. But I want to say this. Man, I've had way more fun with all this peace in my heart since I've been saved than I ever did lost. But some people are following Jesus, and you may be one of them. You're following the crowd that's following Jesus. Now, why, why would they do that? Well, I, th- I think it's because they don't see that they actually have the same disease that those other people have. And that they can have the same savior. Well, what kind of disease? Well, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe you understand this, maybe you don't. But every person in this room, it, before they came to Jesus Christ, were diseased. Romans 5 says it like this, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So everybody in this room, sin is not a person-by-person deal. It's, an, it's a mankind deal. We're all diseased in the room. Evangelism isn't, you know, I'm I'm trying to find sinners. No, everybody's a sinner. Everybody's lost. You just got to get them to see they're lost. So so, so it could be that there is somebody in here that that sees a change in someone else and you've seen what God has done in someone else, but you're still void of seeing God do that same thing in you. But yet you still follow the crowd that's been healed. But I want you you to get this. You're going to live this thing out so long, and you're going to ride this thing out so long, and, and, and you desire to have what they have. You just, for whatever reason, for pride's sake, won't own the fact that you have the same disease that they were healed from. You see, man, it's a, cra- it's, it's, it's a crazy deal. People would rather be bystanders in pride than admit the fact that they might have a disease in their body called sin. You see, that's where these people are. They're following Jesus, but they're only following the crowd that's following Jesus. And the only reason they're following Jesus is because the crowd that is really following Jesus has experienced a transformation in their life. So, so they're following this crowd that is following Jesus. And here's what happens. Every single time, or in, my, in, in, in my own personal uh, experience, every single time there's a, like this threefold progression that takes place. For these kinds of people, they live so long in this, with this idea of just following people that are following Jesus, they become resentful that they can't get what they want. So, so it's, not a, it's not the fact of the matter that you don't want what those people have. I think people in this room see other people that are really worshiping Jesus Christ, and in their heart they long to worship Jesus Christ like those people are worshiping Jesus Christ. I think it's a lie when people say, I don't want what they have. I think it's pride. I think it's pride that they won't give up their pride to get what those people have. So what happens is, is they, become, they become resentful. They, they, be, they get mad. My oh, man, Jesus must love them more. 
Man, they, they, they just, I, I'm never going to get what they got. They're Jesus loves them more. I love, they love Jesus more. And, and so then here's what happens. They become restless that God will ever do for them uh, what, God, what they want God to do for them. And, and before it's over with, you can see the looks in their eyes. They become rigid. They become cold. They become hard-hearted. And what happens next is they slowly dissipate from the crowd because it hadn't become real to them. You see, this group that left Jesus and followed him no more, you know what happened? They, it wasn't real to them. If you look really hard, you, you can see. You can see in people that worship, in people that just won't. All across our country, you, you, I go to churches and I, you know, every now and then for whatever reason, they ask me to come preach. And I go to these little, uh, a lot of times it's smaller, uh, independent Baptist churches. And I, I go in these places, and you can see, man, there is no worship. Because they haven't counted Him worthy. There will be no worship in this group until we count Him worthy. And He will never be worthy till you see that He is the Savior, the Redeemer of your diseased-ridden body. That no one could save you, that no one would save you, that your, that your mom, that your dad, that, your, that, that nobody, your pastor couldn't save you. Nobody could say, well, who is the Savior? Jesus Christ is the only person that can forgive your sin. Nothing from the heart of those following Jesus that day. No real live personal discipleship. No real live personal giving over of their lives. And, and, and can I say this morning, because I've been there and I've done that, there is no worse feeling. I sat around, like I said, I didn't get saved until I was 24. I have sat, I've had plenty of time to sit in churches and watch from the sidelines of a church and hope that I could get as free as those people got. See, you got the same access to the Spirit of God that I got if you want it. Do you desire a change? Do you desire a change in your life? that you've seen happen in someone else's life? You've seen somebody else get saved. You've seen somebody else change. You've, seen somebody, you've heard somebody else's testimony. Do you desire that change in your life because of someone else? You've seen it in someone else? Well, here's what I want you to know. You, you, you aren't going to be at the next all-church retreat if you don't get this one for yourself. You know, man, I, it's, it's hard. Fortunately, I, you know, I, I, my family is not church peoples. We had a form of religion, you know, form of godliness, and we denied the power thereof. We went to church on Sundays and we, you know, whatever, here and there. and We, we, was, we was really faithful Christmas and Easter people. Really faithful. Uh, we had really nice duds when we went to church. Uh, my, my, I live with my grandma and my granddad and, 
And, uh, and it, my, my mom and dad were kind of uh, in and out of prison and alcoholics and addiction and all that. So I lived with my grandma and my grandpa. And, and, and you know, we, we had the really sweet pictures at Olin Mills on Easter. Uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the real nice, ugly Easter-looking clothes. And, you know, all that, all that goofy stuff that didn't equate to anything but just a whole lot of religion. I mean, I was there. I, I did that. And you know, one of the scariest things for me is, is, is a pastor, and I try to be as real with my kids as I can be, but one of the scariest things for me in raising pastor's kids is that they, for whatever reason, might try to ride my coattails into this thing. That, that my, because here's the real deal. My love for Jesus is not going to carry them. Your, 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 your pastor's love for Jesus is not going to carry you. Your mom and dad's love for Jesus is not going to carry You've got to get it for yourself. And when you get that, when you get it for yourself and you see that I can't ride so-and-so's coattails into this relationship with Jesus Christ and you see that it's all on you, man, things can actually change. Number two, some people strictly follow Jesus based on his compensation in their life. Some people strictly follow Jesus based on his compensation in their life. What time am I supposed to end? Okay. Uh, some people strictly follow Jesus based on his compensation. Look in, in verse 26. Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me. Now here it is. This is a different group, not because you saw the miracles. So remember, the first one saw him because they saw the miracles. This group is not seeking him because they saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat with which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. Uh, for him hath God the Father sealed. So, so here it is. There is a group that is following Jesus just for the miracles. And then there's a group that's following Jesus just for the food. Now, you can probably look at me and, and tell, um, if I were in that group, I would, I would definitely be in on the second one. I, I mean, the miracles are cool and all, but you start handing out free food and I'm there. Like some, some, somebody asked me, are you getting up for breakfast this morning? Yeah. Like, did you have that biscuits and gravy yesterday? Like, yeah, I'm getting up for breakfast this morning. So, so, so some people are strictly following Jesus. And look, scary thing is there could be somebody in here. And you're, you're following Jesus. Now remember, it, we're, we're directing this at the 12. The close. The closest of the close. But there could be somebody in here. And, and here it is. You, you, you are following Jesus based on the, the joys that come out of a youth group. You're here, and look, there ain't nothing wrong with having a good time. I'm, I'm grateful that we have a great time. I'm grateful that we get to play games. I'm grateful that we're going to get to go to the field and, and, and do all that's going on over there. Now, here's the deal. Following Jesus is going to be hard. It ain't always going to be easy. 
It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be uh, the most satisfying thing you've ever done. Sometimes it's going to be really hard. Sometimes you're going to lay awake at night and wonder what in the world is going on in my life. Sometimes you're going to wonder, man, what is going on with these people? What's going on with... And, and you're, but listen, there's peace, man. There's peace in your heart and God has given you that peace. And listen... I found out that there are some people that are only doing it because the joy, because the pleasures that come along with being a Christian. But when those things go away, you can't find them. Look, look, look at Romans. Well, it's not in your outline. Just you, you can listen. Romans 16, verse 18. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Here, here's what I know about Jesus. Jesus is really good for life. How many of you would say that Jesus is really good? Like, it's a good thing just to follow Jesus because he's got a pretty good moral standard. How many of you would agree with that? Like, I mean, that, if you're going like, to follow Jesus, that's a pretty good thing. That's the way it goes in the South. We have a thing in the South, and you may have that, this here, uh, but all the families go to the same churches. We have a thing called, uh, it, it, that we call it good old boy religion. <laughs> and, and, and you kind of, it's a rite of passage that if your family goes to the church, this is the church you're supposed to go to. And, and you don't necessarily have to follow Jesus. You have to follow your family to this church. And, and, and so what ends up happening is Jesus is good for life, but Jesus never changes their life. And it's so, it's so crazy, it's so weird that when people quit following Jesus in this group, they quit following Jesus when the tangible evidence is no longer there. Then it's cool to follow Jesus. When I can't lay my hands on the blessings, like tangible blessings, well, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm dipping out, I'm done with Jesus, I'm not doing this no more. You see, here's what happens. People become influenced by the prophet of Jesus and not the person of Jesus. They become influenced by the luxury of going to heaven, but not actually possessing the life of Christ. The riches that He gave, but not the rights that He actually deserves. Now, I, I want you to get this, man. Jesus is going to compensate you, but it doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy. Sometimes it's just the peace that floods your soul. And then number three, some people follow Jesus based on, uh, strictly based on religious attachment. Religious attachment. He, he says, I am the bread of life. Uh, John 6 and verse 48. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. So he starts attacking, uh, he starts attacking the Jews. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. So he's saying, here, 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 here's what he's saying. In, in the wilderness, your fathers, yeah, they got manna from heaven, but they're dead. Where's, where'd that leave them? I'm telling you, if you eat this bread, the bread of life, that you're going to live forever. He says, I'm the bread of life. The come, which come down from heaven, just as the manna did. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, and I will give, I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us flesh to eat? 
Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, drink his blood, you have no life in me. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at that last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my, drunk, my, my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Now we all know that we're, we're, we're not talking about Jesus being a cannibal. But, but, but understand, he is talking about receiving him. Just as they receive the manna, Jesus Christ is saying, you need to receive me. And what it is, is as your fathers were supplied day by day with manna to get them through day by day, if you ingest me, the bread of life, you will live forever. You won't need manna day by day. So what happens is he, he, he starts attacking their religion and, and, and you know, he, he, starts, he starts blowing all that out of the water. And here's, here's what I found. People quit following Jesus. When the Bible starts attacking what they believe based on their, their, their presupposition. Well, this is what I believe about Jesus. They actually don't have any Bible to back it up. Well, this is what I feel like Jesus would do. And and here's what happens. Your pastor gets up, your pastor gets up, and man, he just starts getting after it and and preaching the book, and and you get offended, maybe because you've been taught something that wasn't right. So, well, that ain't ain't what my mom and dad said. Well, here's what happens. People get offended. What happens when people get offended? They quit following Jesus. They at least quit following the crowd that's following Jesus. Seems like when you start mentioning next steps for people that they get completely crazy. Like you start mentioning discipleship. You start mentioning D2. You start mentioning you know, whatever the thing is for, for me in my life and pastoring. It seems, like, it seems like that people, when you start mentioning going further with Jesus Christ that that, 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 it, that it takes them and derails them almost. And do you know that religious attachment is not going to cut it for the rest of your life? Maybe you're in here and, man, well, you know, I, 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 was, it, I was baptized. That's not going to cut it. I, I, man, I, you know, I mean... I was actually like, I know this is, this is really weird. They have pictures of me as a baby in a gown. It's awful. I've been trying to burn the pictures for years. I'm in this little gown. and my, it, this, At this time, my parents hadn't gone crazy. Uh, my, my parents hit a point. I think I was five. My brother was three. And they just went nuts. Dad, dad started drinking. Mom started just derailing. But before that, I, I, was, a, I was this little baby, and I, I was, I was uh, christened, sprinkled, whatever they do in the Methodist church. But I, the, the biggest offense known to man is they put me in a gown, a dress. They put a boy in a dress, a white dress at that. Like it could have, like, you know, it's just awful. I told my little boys seen that picture and they were like, 
you are so weird. I'm like, well, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't do that. We don't care. Like, my, my boys are brutal with that kind of stuff. Look at you. You're like a little girl in a dress. Like, what? You know, they're heckling me, and I'm like, man, I'm, you know. That's where, okay, so this is the kind of religious attachment that I'm talking about. You know why it took me so long to come to faith in Christ? Because I had a lot of religion. Man, I sat in that church service week after week in, in, a, in, a, in a church back in my hometown, in a church service week after week, and what was happening, God was peeling back the layers of religion for me. And religious attachment, and the fact that I had been baptized before, the fact that I had been christened, the fact that I had been in church, and the fact that I had been to Bible camps. I even went to a Christian school for a little while. And then God unveiled to me my lostness and showed me, my, and showed me the fact that I needed a Savior. That's hard for people sometimes. They get so prideful and they get so arrogant and they get so haughty. Your religious attachments are not going to work when you're staring Jesus Christ in the face. So how do I not go back? How do I not go back? Well, look, look, look at John 6, uh, 6 and 68. Then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So there's three things. You can write these down. They're not in your notes. But number one, determine why you're here. Determine why you're here. Lord, to whom shall we go? Simon Peter made a declaration. He needed to determine why he was there to begin with. Lord, where are we going to go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And number two, determine who you're going to go back to. You leave this, you leave everything that you know in terms, you decide you're going to go back. What are you going to go back to? You're going to go back to your friends? You're going to go back to the, the old way of doing things? What are you going to go back to? And then and, and the number three, decide who you're going to get eternal words from if you do go back. Who is going to give you eternal words if you do go back? Because Simon Peter thought that the words of eternal life were a big deal. Now, I, I, I think you need to turn to this one. This, this one's not in there either. My apologies. John 21 and verse 3. You need to turn to this one and, and we'll, we'll be done. John 21 and verse 3. Now, this is a broken-hearted Simon Peter. He's already emotional. He's an emotional mess anyway because he's, he's just an emotional guy. He's running around cutting people's ears off. and You know, the drop of a hat, he pulls a sword out. Before anybody can even stop him, he's cut this dude's ear off. He's just emotional. And I'm, I'm not knocking him because I'm, I'm kind of like that too. A little, little bit on the psycho side, you know, till he starts thinking about things. 
He sits around, he's brokenhearted. Jesus Christ is no longer with him. What, what, what he felt like was going to happen, uh, an immediate thing, is, is not happening. He forgot everything he knew. Ain't it crazy? We forget everything we know in our crazy emotional states. Simon Peter says, I go a fishing. I, I, I thought you wasn't going anywhere, Simon. Lord, to whom shall we go? You going back to a fishing pole? You going back to a fishing boat, Simon? Lord, to whom shall we go? Well, I'm going back fishing. I'm not going anywhere. At one minute, he says, Lord, I'm not going anywhere. He's as bipolar as the day is long at this point. Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we're, hey, we're sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. All right, everything's, everything's gotten crazy. Uh, it, the, nar- the night is as dark as it, it can possibly be for Simon Peter. So what does he do? He says, I go a fishing. So he has a moment to where he, he backtracks on what he said. Now remember, this ain't the first time he's ever done that because the, the Lord told him, he said, man, here's what's going to happen. You're over here all boisterous. You're over here all, man, I bowed out like a little bany rooster. Like, I'm going to serve you. We're not going to leave you. And he says, oh, yeah, okay. You're going to deny me three times. Lord, I would never deny you. So what happens? He goes and stands by a campfire, and this little girl is pointing him out. And you know what happens? He ends up, he ends up denying him three times and cusses at the end. So, so he says, I, 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 here it is. I'm going fishing. You know what's really tragic? There's a group. There's a group that's following Simon. They say unto him, We also go with thee. We also go with thee. Well, Simon, if you're going, I'm going with you. If you're going to leave, if you're going to go fishing, if you're done with this too, if you're going back to your old life, yes, Simon, I'm going with you. You know what's so heartbreaking in this room? Is there some kid in here, there's some teenager in here, and you've got power and you've got influence, and God has given you the ability to influence people. God has given you the ability for people to follow you and look at you as a leader in this group and look at you as somebody that God is going to use. And if you're not careful next year, guess what? You're going to take people away from this place. You're going to take people away from Midtown Baptist Temple. You're going to take people away from living faith. You're going to take people away from from harvest. Why? Because God has given you that ability to influence people. And if you're not careful, if you don't get on your face today, lock arms with the people that you're serving with. Listen, I know you're young and some of this stuff, I mean, you're thinking, man, this stuff would never happen to me. But friend, I want you to listen. God has had you here for such a time as this. And if you don't get it in your heart that I'm not leaving, I'm I'm not going back. I will not go back. I will not turn back. Why? Because I don't know where I'm going to go if I do go back. I don't know who I'm going to go to. I definitely don't know anybody that's going to give me any eternal words if I do go back. 
some people in this youth group, and they're going to go back. There's going to be leaders. Unfortunately, if we're not careful, guys, there's going to be leaders that go back. There's going to be people that decide this ain't for them anymore. There's going to be people that fall into sin. They're going to, they're going to get so deep into sin. They're going to get so deep in their own personal, private, secret sin that they go back and the person that used to serve Jesus Christ with the most influence in this room gets caught up in their own sin and their own weight and their own shame and their own guilt that they take people with them. Sad reality is if I quit, half of my church would be so disrupted and so I don't know that some of them would recover. Half our church I, I have led to the Lord former whatever's you know you, you, most of them got saved later on in life but if, if I decided to quit half our church I'm afraid would derail you know what? It can happen right here in this youth group. There's one person in this room could change the whole course of everything that goes on. You got to decide what you want to be. You got to decide who you're going to be. You got to decide who you're following in here in this room. Are you following Jesus Christ? Are you following the crowd that's following Jesus Christ? Are you following Jesus Christ for yourself, for your own personal self? Is this a drag to you? Is this, is this just a thing? Yeah, man, I, you know, we're just here because we've got to be here. We're here because our parents made us come here. Or we're, we're here because whatever. Listen, this morning, you need to get that out of your spirit. You need to make sure, why are you here? Because next year, you might not be here. And listen, when you turn 18, 19, 20 years old, guess what? Unfortunately, you get to make your own decisions. And if you hadn't spent this time getting to where you need to be with the Lord, when you get to that time, game's over. You don't make a decision in here today. Why are you here? You say, it's kind of weird. I, you know, all my friends, we're, we're church kids, we're this, we're that. Man, it don't, it don't matter. He looked at the 12 and he said, will you also go away? It don't matter how close you are right now. The question still needs to be asked because here's what the real facts are. You can sit in a church pew and go away. Your heart can be, your, your body can be in a church and your heart be far from it. You can be here and not be here. You can be serving the Lord and not serving the Lord. You can, you can be teaching this book and not doing it for the right reasons. You can be singing songs and not be singing to the one that they're about. And this morning, I, man, I just, I just find me a place. Mate, I don't know how y'all do things around here. But I'd find, if, if, I could, if I had some friends in here that I really cared about, man, I might grab them by the arm and find me a quiet spot around this place 
and call on the Lord that you could do this together, that one of you get down and one of you start thinking, I'm going the other way. Man, maybe that other one can reel you back in with some love and, 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 use, and use the Spirit of God and, 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 and God convict your heart. Because I don't want to see you go. Life's too hard. Life's too hard as it is. Life's really hard when you're, you're a little boy and your parents are flailing off all over the place. You know, back in the day, you'd go, I used to go see my dad through a little, little plexiglass screen. He sat on one side and I sat on the other. I just goofy looking orange jumpsuit on. I'd go up the road to the women's detention center and I'd have to go see mom. Life's hard. It's really hard when, when, when your parents are acting like fools. But you know what? I can honestly say that God has changed everything about my life. And when he did it, he changed all of their lives. He took the next generation and he completely changed it. God can do that for you. But you got to decide.